0: and this is not why we're in business. I'm sharing this for good, use it for good, not for evil. At the end of the day, if the first buyer has already paid off and helped you recoup the entire cost of the property. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills? Or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby.
1: Hey everybody, it is Sarah Larby and welcome back. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? Today's guest is Michelle Bosch, who is the co-founder and CFO of Orbit Investments and has been a full-time real estate investor since 2002. And she's bought and sold over 4,000 pieces of real estate. 4,000, that's incredible. And she's built the third largest land investment and auction company in the U.S., bring that company successfully into the eight figures in a matter of 18 months. She's super successful. This was an awesome interview. I really enjoyed talking to Michelle and I hope you guys enjoy it too. And don't forget, I'm going to have some information shortly about the Burr Freedom Community starting in December. We're going to have our calls, our monthly calls. So if you want to be part of the Burr Community community, please register on my website, sarahlarby.com. And I will be sending some emails out about that. And uh, it is going to be exclusive. We're going to be covering everything related to the Burr strategy in Canada. So even if you're listening to this and you're not in Ontario, there's going to be lots of contents depending on where you are. A lot of the, the strategies still apply. So I'm uh, super excited to launch that. It's, uh, it's one of those things I've always wanted to do. And now that I have the freedom to do it and the ability to down the road when things open up again to travel, I still wanna be helping people out there to be successful and to be able to, to meet their goals as well. So with that said, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Michelle Bosch and uh, feel free to leave a rating and review if you've enjoyed it. See you soon.
0: Michelle, welcome to the show. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. It's such an honor. Super excited. Now, where are you zooming in from? I am zooming in from beautiful Paradise Valley, Arizona. This is in Phoenix. I am right in central Phoenix in the middle of beautiful mountains. I actually have in front of me, you know, the mountains that I look at and which I use to go hiking every morning if I can. If not, I do it in the evenings, but so beautiful all, all around, you know, there's a magic to the desert, even though it's not so magical lately because everything is blooming and my allergies are out of control, but that's a different, <laughs> it's a different topic.
1: Nice, nice. It's always on my interest of places to visit at some point to go to Arizona.
0: It is, there's some there's a, there's a magic to it. Uh, it's, it's four months of absolute brutal heat But uh, for someone that came from a tropical climate, you know, that is used to nice, sunny weather, it is absolutely gorgeous. My husband is originally from Germany, and I could never see myself living in a place where you have a total of maybe three weeks at best of sunny, beautiful day and weather, you know, all year long. I couldn't do that. So even as it is right now in December, I'm like, can we start looking for you know, places even further south. <laughs> so, so for all the Canadians listening to us, Phoenix, Arizona.
1: I know I'm a little bit jealous right now. I mean, by the time this airs, it'll probably be nice. But right now, it's uh, yeah. it's still pretty cold in uh, in April. So, tell us a little bit about what you do and what your area investments is. Yeah
0: so i do a few things but at the cornerstone of what we have done when it comes to creating wealth and legacy and real estate has been land flipping and so land flipping is the same that you can do exactly the same that you can do with a house you can do with a piece of land with the difference that you don't have any rehabs any roofs any termites toilets tenants none of that and 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 basically what I have been doing with my husband who is from Germany since 2002 we've been flipping land it's it's a gap in the real estate market that very few people really care to continue to explore and as a result of that has very little competition we have now over the course of the last 18 years been able to flip over 4000 pieces of land We didn't start with land. You know, we started really being in jobs in corporate America with incredible dissatisfaction as a result of having no freedom of money, no freedom of time, of relationships, of purpose, no fulfillment. And, and really having paychecks that did not equate the level of effort and time and energy that we were putting into our, our jobs, you know. And so we started looking to, to start with something. And we initially, because everyone thinks about houses, we thought, well, let's try and either rehab or flip a junker, yeah? And we started with that and started looking at houses that looked like junkers driving around. We were able to put a junker under contract and then realized very, very quickly that we were over our heads. We had no idea how to estimate repairs on a kitchen. That thing had foundation issues, roof issues. I mean, you name it. we It's not that we had bad credit. We just had no credit. We needed to find hard money, you know. For the time period while you're, you know, repairing and rehabbing and even wholesaling, you know, we, because we couldn't understand all of those repairs, you know, uh, we offered too much. So we couldn't even wholesale that, you know, that, that junker. And, and then we thought, okay, well, let's continue looking and we continue exploring still within real estate. And we came across something called tax liens, tax deeds, which I think the part that we were immigrants was a disadvantage for us on the housing world. But the fact that we were immigrants also gave us an incredible advantage. And number one is because we are, we have like zero fear of hard work, number one. And number two, we're able to see opportunities that perhaps others don't see. And so... We we hear about tax liens and tax deeds, which completely do not exist in Honduras. I don't know if this is something that happens in Canada where basically due to delinquent property taxes, they can seize your property and you can lose it pretty much.
1: There are tax sales, but I'll tell you the very far and few between. Yeah. So any because our default rates are so low.
0: So let me tell you, I go to a to a tax auction and it was crappy it was the most competitive thing i had ever witnessed and been a part of it was like being in a in a in a tank infested with sharks where you could tell that even because it was a, a, it was a county up in uh, California, Sonoma County, that even the bidders, they knew each other already. They knew the county officials. They knew like, you know what I mean? I was a, a newcomer, a beginner. There's no chance that they were going to let me bid on anything and win a bid. But what I noticed was that a lot of the stuff that was coming up for auction was actually vacant land. And and in a light bulb, really, when I came back home and kind of did a brain dump with my husband of what had happened, you know, I'm like, these people have given up on paying their property taxes and have completely mentally checked out from their properties years before. What if we were to send them a letter and use direct mail to reach to these people years before? And so we started in the tax delinquent world, basically sending letters to to vacant, you know, vacant landowners. And then we quickly realized as a result of um, once me getting an entire assessor's role for a county, that whether they were delinquent or not, vacant landowners just really had a huge burden of property ownership for so many reasons and they wanted out. And this is an area or an asset class that is very illiquid. And, it, and we were coming there, you know, with as a, really as heroes, to to save someone that either, you know, had inherited that property or save someone that had decided to, for example, if they had a lot here in Arizona and one in Florida, they had decided to retire in Florida and now their land in Arizona, they don't want it, they don't care for it, divorces. I mean, you name it, so many reasons why people let go of their properties for, you know, for very little money. So over a period of a couple of years, two, three years, we actually developed our own preparatory method. We call it the land profit generator method to, of, 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 uh, of, of getting these properties based on, you know, our direct message or our direct marketing letter. Uh, for five to 25 cents on the dollar. And then we're able to sell it for anywhere between 40, 50, 60, 80, even a hundred percent, depending on whether you're, whole, you know, wholesaling or retailing. And we sell it in two ways. We use it, we can either sell them using cash, you know, just uh, a cash sale, a quick sale, or we can sell them using seller financing, which has been, Sarah, absolutely beautiful Beautiful. I cannot overemphasize how wonderful that is that we've been able to make land cash flow basically and create notes. And we've been able to create now over $70,000 worth of passive cash flow on just notes per month from land. It's just, it's beautiful. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, i just want to take a moment
1: and interrupt the podcast to introduce you to my mortgage broker dahlia barsoom and her team at streetwise mortgages because everything around us is changing The world as we know it is not going to be the same. COVID-19, the economic crisis is a time of uncertainty for many of us, and the lending and real estate landscape, they're changing quite rapidly day by day. Today's financing and investment decisions are going to be different than the ones that we made yesterday. Dalia and her team are going to be able to help us maneuver through all of this. They're property investors themselves, so they've worked with thousands of real estate investors across Ontario, and they have their pulse and their finger on what's happening around us in real time from a real estate financing and investments point of view. Her team of advisors are committed to helping us keep informed and get that up-to-date information. And they're also gonna be able to help us navigate through this crisis to also mitigate and minimize any financial distress during this whole transition and also help us emerge out of this in a strong financial position so that we can leverage ourselves for some great opportunities that are gonna be coming to us. They've been able to help many investors in times like this by really planning out your plan for the good, but also for the bad, because these circumstances that are happening are gonna be very individual for all of us. And they're gonna help navigate three key parts, financial stability, financial agility, and opportunity, and help you manage through those three things. When it comes to stability, how can you enhance your reserves and your liquidity to weather the storm? You're gonna have a different plan, so it's important to get that individualized plan. How can you utilize mortgage payment deferrals? Should you, should you not, why or why not? Any debt restructuring opportunities, those are all things that Dahlia and her team can help you work with. Now, when it comes to financial agility, there's some things that you might want to talk about are how do you make some improvements to your monthly budget so that you can increase your cash flow? Are there any financing tools that you can use to cover some short-term cash flow deficits? When it comes to opportunity, there's going to be some great opportunity that's going to come out of this. How can you set yourself up? for success. So her and her team are going to be able to help you maneuver through these things and create a plan not only for the good times but also in times like this so that you can handle the storm and come out ahead. Feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her team at info at streetwisemortgages.com or go to her website streetwisemortgages.com.
0: And now back to the show.
1: It is, it is awesome. So I want to take a step back because there's a lot of real estate terms that you used and I just okay. want to make sure that the, everybody understands what everything means. Um, sure. So seller financing is similar to vendor take back. We don't use seller financing so much in Canada as a okay. term, but can you explain that a little bit?
0: So seller financing is, for example, I buy a piece of land for say $1,500 that is normally worth anywhere between 10 and 15,000. Say I sell it for the 15,000 let's say 10,000 so that I can move it quickly, yeah? And somebody tells me, "I can give you a down payment for $2,000 and the remaining, you know, $8,000 I can make in $200 installments for the next 5-10 years." Depends on how, you know, that monthly payment what they can do on a monthly basis. So basically with the $2,000 down payment, I'm able to recoup my cost of $1,500. So I have no out of pocket expenses this time. I am offering an amazing service because very few banks actually lend on land. So all of a sudden I've turned into a bank, I can charge anywhere between 10, 12, 13% interest on a loan, on a note. And I have done an amazing service now to someone, my buyer, that is really looking forward to, you know, either investing in an infill lot, or investing a lot in the path of growth, or invest in a recreational piece of property. Those are actually the three types of property. That we focus on um, i understand the buyer for each of those three different types of properties very very well and therefore i can sell those properties very easily and quickly because i understand my buyer for those three exits possible exits so that that is in essence seller financing It's basically you carry back a note um, for someone and then they make payments and pay off their property in small installments um, and and that's the beauty of it and that's the only reason why we've transitioned now into family you know single family homes and multifamily because those notes at the end of the day that passive cash flow comes to an end when they pay off the note the passive cash flow stops so for us you know the land has been an amazing way for us to our land business to be a cash machine that generates a ton of cash and cash flow and use those cash profits and cash flow to transition and park them over to single family or to multifamily to create what we like to call in the Bosch family, we call it forever cash. We even wrote a book <laughs> um, because forever cash is basically the equivalent of passive cash. flow. It's something that, you know, it's going to be in our family. It's part of our legacy. It's part of us being able to not just change our lives, but our entire family tree, you know, with my daughter, my daughter's children, the children of my daughter. I mean, if they don't screw it up, that will be in the family forever. <laughs>
1: Okay, no, that's cool. So thanks for for going through that. Thanks for explaining it. And I want to talk about a little bit more about the land deals. I I think it's very clever how you buy it. Let's just say for $1,500, you sell for fifteen, dollars but you actually get $2,000 cash, and then the rest is over time payments to you. I mean, it's it's almost like a foul... Like a way for you to be able to take the ups and downs of the market, right? As as we are going into down, who knows how how deep this is going to be. Yeah. Essentially, you still have those payments coming in. Now what happens if your, your buyer has defaulted?
0: We have had defaults in the past because like I said, this is right now, this recession is not our first rodeo, you know? we had already done over 3000 flips by the time, very close to 3000 flips by the time the 2008 recession hit. And what we noticed is that the typical land investor has a much longer time horizon, number one, and number two, because I was a bank on the 10%, 10 to 12% that did start to show indications, like they would default on their loan. We were able to do loan modifications. So you know, whenever I would see you know in my aging of my receivables that people were starting to get behind 30 days or 60 days, we immediately would reach out to those people and say, "Let's modify the loan. Can you know? Can can you make a smaller payment? I can give you a discount if you were to pay off. You know, so that you know that value of the property. I could give them a break. You know, if they felt like they were um underwater on the value of that property. So there were so many ways, uh, you know, to to skim that cat. And at the end of the day, you know, we came out of that with maybe a five to 7% default rate net where the people just couldn't possibly, you know, maintain the property. But that compared to the housing world, I mean, it was pretty good. So yes, that can happen. What is going to happen though, and this is not why we're in business. I'm sharing this for good, use it for good, not for evil. At the end of the day, if the first buyer has already paid off and helped you recoup the entire cost of the property. When you resell it again at a lower at a dollar, va- you know, at a do- lower dollar value amount, you're not losing on anything because the very first guy already made you whole and now anything on top of it is just gravy. But that is not <laughs> that is not the business model. The business model is to try to work with people. That's at least for us, that's how I have always seen you know, our business has been as a way for us to create really win-win scenarios. I am a big believer in servant leadership and really stepping up to serving my sellers, you know, and, and getting rid of properties and really serving my buyers as well. And I, over the long term, I can tell you that has been an amazing and unbeatable Way to conduct business. It has made us untouchable in the marketplace. You know, people refer us, uh, people know us, uh, people like us. They trust us. They bring families that you know, family members that want to buy land from us. If it's a builder, they keep on buying land. So when you treat your buyer, you know, with that long-term outlook, they will not just be buyers for that one transaction, which is. I think it's it's being very short-term sighted when you're only looking at a buyer from that perspective but they've really I've transformed their business and their and what they wanted to get out of that transaction such that we continue doing business you know year after year and they continue referring customers and clients to us and so And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
1: Hey, I want to tell you about this awesome new podcast, totally worth listening and subscribing to. It's called Real Time. It is a monthly podcast from the Canadian Real Estate Association, Korea, bringing realtors, inspiring insights on all things Canadian real estate. Real Time is hosted by Canadian radio icon Aaron Davis and features a new industry expert every single month. Marketer Terry O'Reilly, for example, shares tips to help realtors build their brand using storytelling and emotional connections. Researcher and president of Real Trends, Steve Murray, talks about the foundational elements of real estate and how trust and communication are critical to a realtor's success. So listen and subscribe at crea.ca forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts for realtors but even if you're not a realtor definitely some great Canadian real estate content to listen to so don't forget listen and subscribe
0: and now back to the show
1: so that's that's really good so i, I because Canada and the US is a different market and you know in the US you have access to lists of people that are defaulting on their taxes and it's a little bit easier yeah. to information. It's not impossible in Canada, but it's a little bit easier. So I can understand how you can find some of those motivated sellers and then you negotiate mm-hmm. with them. It's probably similar to, to what we do here. Yeah. How do you find how do you find your buyers though?
0: Yeah. The buyers we either find on Facebook Marketplace, Zillow, Redfin, Trulia, uh Craigslist, Landflip, Landwatch. And then from all of those you start creating your buyers list. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So so that's that's that those are the pretty much seven places if you are looking at a specific market and you are looking at for example infill lots your exit will be a builder i mean just googling builders association in that county or in that city or in that state and very quickly you have a list of buyers you know yeah possibly. absolutely okay so that
1: that sounds pretty similar i mean there's buyers lists that are created and all that good yeah. stuff and then later. actually
0: on the seller side even if you're in canada and wanted to operate here in the us for example it is all public information at the county level. Uh, you can also use list brokers such as Agent Pro 24/7, or you can use title companies. If you work with really investor-friendly title companies, they can pull lists for you by because they have they can tap into what is called here in the U.S. CoreLogic, which is this huge database basically that all title companies use to do title work and and so on and so forth and legal descriptions and all the you know property ownership and confirmed property ownership and so on and so forth okay. so yeah so so even on the seller side you can technically get that because that's how kind of like for example our german clients right now they're operating out of germany but finding lists here in the u.s and investing here in the u.s
1: okay great now what so where in the u.s are you finding land or is it across the u.s is it in arizona it, it
0: is it is across the u.s we originally started here in the state of arizona and then started moving into nevada Colorado, New Mexico, California—we kind of expanded, and now you know we're in 17 states of the U.S. and and only touched like a tiny surface of all the 3,000 over 3,000 counties possible out there. You know what I mean? And even though we have been sharing now our method with with others, you know, uh, we seldom come across each other's because for every one land flipper, you know, there's like a thousand house flippers. So it's it's the competition is zero almost zero
1: right so like give me an example like of a piece of property that you would say this is a great deal like what does the price look like roughly because it's probably quite different than than us looking at land um in ontario as an example where yeah. where i reside where you know it's hundreds of thousands if not millions for not much yeah. land.
0: we actually focus on a specific box when it comes to value it's anything over five thousand dollars up to hundred thousand dollars That basically gives us the opportunity to find land that we can move very, very quickly where we have, you know, a very large pool of possible buyers, whether they be, whether they're a financial buyer, like a builder, or even uh, someone that is looking at the path of growth, you know, as a retirement option, that's still also a financial buyer, slightly different than my builder, but still a financial buyer or a recreational buyer. So, so uh, ask me again, what was, what was the other part of the question?
1: No, just like the, the prices of land that you okay, buy, like how okay. do you determine if it's a good yeah, deal? Yeah, so,
0: so basically anywhere between five and the 100,000. Over 100,000, the methodology still works, but it's going to require a little bit of more sophistication in your negotiation skills with a seller and in your uh, structuring of a deal with a buyer. You know, If it's not a cash buyer, you're going to have to think a little bit outside the box to... Um, to really come up with a win-win situation. So for for anything between 100000 it's a replicatable model. It's, it's repetition. Repetition creates mastery, you know what I mean, and creates scale. Um, and anything above that, I would say that our most advanced clients and students are above the $100,000, but because they've already mastered through repetition, you know, certain skills that, you know, allow them to do higher prices.
1: Right. So so question for you, do you look, do you look at zoning or what that land allows you to have? Like, is that important? Or do you just say this is good, even though we have a little tiny, you know, piece of all of the acreage to, to build on? Yeah,
0: no, it, it, it is important. It is important because especially if you come across an infill lot in a commercial, you know, that is zoned commercially, That really gives you an indication of the type of buyer that's going to be your exit strategy, you know, for that particular piece of land. If it's a infill lot inside of, you know, a a residential neighborhood, it's more than likely a builder. It could even be a neighbor. We use neighbor letters also to contact the neighbors and sell, you know, there. That's another way of finding a buyer, actually, Uh, that is uh, 50 percent of the times will help you sell that property very, very quickly. So. So, yeah. So you have that as well.
1: Okay. Awesome. So Michelle, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. So you basically now you're buying, you were talking a little bit before, uh, before we started recording hundred plus unit buildings. That's what you're doing with the money that you've got so that you can build your, your longer term, um, financial wealth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And right now, you know, uh, we started doing that in 2016, uh, really our investing journey has, has been a reflection of our personal development and of our personal development as as investors in our level of sophistication you know like i said when we started we could not tell whether you know going and eliminating a wall was five hundred dollars or three thousand (laughs) dollars like we had no idea and with time you know we we learned that we understood that and we you know created you know these this portfolio in three markets of single families once we understood exactly how to assess repairs you know in a cookie cutter three bedroom two bathroom house that looks the same here in Phoenix as it looks in Cleveland as it looks in Omaha and Nebraska cuz those are three markets they look exactly the same i you know if they have the square footage um i know exactly you know what i need in terms of an estimate for for a kitchen what i need for a roof for flooring for whatever they may be slight variances in cost of trade labor costs in three you know in those three markets um and maybe some supplies you know certain things are a little bit more expensive in cleveland like i know for example that i have um a little bit more of an Achilles heels on certain properties of a certain age with plumbing in these in these colder climates than we have here in the southwest, you know, just because we don't have this, you know, harsh uh, weather conditions. Well we do have harsh weather conditions, but at the reverse <laughs> at the reverse. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to be caught here without your AC going out. Uh, in the summer, which probably is the equivalent of the heater, you know, in the winter over there. So, just a few things, but at the end of the day, uh, the same. And so, as we understood that, and we were like, okay, we continue buying, you know, and kind of like, you know, the game of monopoly, these little houses. Uh, and we understood, and we had mastery from repetition, from doing that many times over. Uh, we we just wanted to, instead of looking at one door, we wanted to start looking at a hundred doors at a time. Why a hundred doors? versus 40 units 50 units 20 units because if you have anything under 100 units or say anything under 90 units you have to treat the property management of those as single family homes and you don't take advantage of economies of scale of having you know a maintenance person um on you know on salary there to take care of it of another person that turns units of a full-time leasing agent and i don't necessarily want to be the one that is constantly approving expenses that are over 500 bucks. You know, we have now first in class property management companies that help us create first in class communities. Um, and, and, and that's basically our model. Our model was, okay, we're, we're 10xing this because of the economies of scale that it brings. It also comes with a ton more responsibility, especially if you're syndicating and you are being a steward of other people's money you need to if you don't care about other people's money more than your own money you shouldn't be syndicating it's very true rule number one you know it's i've worked too hard for too long to you know lose my money or someone else's money (laughs) so um so yeah so so yeah so as we have grown as investors the asset class has grown but we continue flipping land you know and that's right now what continues to work extremely well even in this you know Uh, situation that we'd have right now as of the time of this recording when we're all quarantined at home with a pandemic and our business continues to move forward and we have you know um, people that are doing $127,000 spreads and profits using land even though everything is shut down because you can buy the find your buyer online you know title companies are still working they're working a little bit slower If the title company is closed, you know, if it's a smaller dollar price range, you can self-close and we teach you how to do that also. So there's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's something, it's an asset class that it's, for some people they might think, and I've had this situation where I have had people that are either, you know, dentists or doctors or engineers, and they originally hear about it and they're like, you know what, it didn't really it caught my attention and it all made sense but i thought that was playing too small until they see you know you know success stories of other people doing 20 30 50 000, $100, 000 checks and they're like okay i guess land flipping isn't playing too small you know what i mean but <laughs> you have to and you have to have faith in the small you know how are our financial dreams the big ones going to come to fruition and we don't even have faith in the small. So everyone just needs to start with whatever they can wrap their mind around. For us it was land. It continues to make sense for us for land. We have mastery now. We have an entire team that, that you know does that that is on autopilot and that allows us to then go ahead and put our attention and our focus elsewhere. But before we had that mastery our full attention and focus was on that singular activity of land flipping buying a property, selling a property, buying a property, selling a property. It's so easy to get in real estate distracted because there's so many. Yeah. It's that crazy, shiny penny sexiness. syndrome.
1: And then you don't take action 10 years later, you're still in the same spot a hundred percent. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're saying it well and you know, start with what you can grasp, what makes yeah. sense, learn it really well, pick a strategy. It sounds like land flipping is the uh, the way that you guys did it. So that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. We can keep talking about this. It's quite interesting. But the next part of the podcast is our lightning round. So Michelle, I'm going to ask you five questions. Everybody gets the same questions. You ready? Today's lightning round is brought to you by the Canadian Real Estate Association. Listen to their podcasts real time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Topics vary from the business of real estate to industry trends, home design, and so much more featuring guests like Terry O'Reilly and Sarah Richardson. So be sure to tune in and don't forget to subscribe. First answer that comes to mind, question number one, what is your favorite investing real estate book ever?
0: I have to say that for us it was Rich Dad it was really you know the Rich Dad series but the very first Rich Dad Poor Dad is what really transformed our our thinking from you know living in the corporate world and having a job to wow there is another possibility out there you know it and, and, and you grow up with certain programming you know from your family that this is what you do you go to college you go get a job and you work <laughs> you know what i mean and so that really opened up so i would have to say rich dad for dad
1: yeah absolutely great book number 2 what is your favorite podcast
0: i would say that right now my my favorite podcast i've been listening to a lady by the name of ali brown and she has a, something called glambition radio and she is now actually my mentor and i continue listening to that podcast i love her really visionary view on, you know, women and women entrepreneurs and women in business. And so, yeah, so if you're ready to, you know, to step out of the tactical and the day-to-day operations of your business and really start working on visionary role, I would say just check out Glambition Radio. So many amazing women leaders that she interviews from all industries, from all walks of life, like true thought leaders in their specific areas. So yeah, so I would highly recommend that.
1: That's awesome. I'll have to check it out. First I hear about it. So thanks for recommending it. Yeah. Question number
0: three, what do you do for fun aside from real estate? We love going, well, I love going hiking. I'm trying to make a, a lover out of my daughter too, even though mm, she's 12 and getting to that age where the teenagers don't, you know, preteen and she doesn't want to hang out so much with us, but I love hiking and I love doing yoga. I, have, I, I basically stumbled also into yoga back in 2011 and that is a big part of what makes me sane, of what makes me not just enjoy inflows of cash, but also inflows of ease and inflows of grace in my daily life.
1: All right. Very cool. Number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again?
0: Flip land. That's, I'm telling you, This this is exactly, if I was to lose everything, we would basically turbo charge put it on steroids again because right now what we went we went from a model of of volume to high price you know dollar properties but volume very 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 quickly can get you can get you back up and running basically to a point where we could probably recreate what took us six years in about a year and a half and and from there start building again into single families and into multi-family. I would be able to do it so much quicker just because of, you know, the experience.
1: Absolutely. Nobody can take that away. Yeah. Number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it?
0: This is talking out of personal experience. I no longer, I value my time much, much more. And so I'm all about collapsing time. And finding the person with the engine, with the gas and the blueprint. And if I can just basically, you know, collapse time and, and basically somebody already has a blueprint and I can come in and put the right, drop the right who, you know, to help me execute on that strategy. That is how we go about it, you know, now. Anytime I wanna upgrade or engineer the next level of growth, it's really two types of investments. It's an investment in team or an investment in myself, you know, in finding a mentor, or it's an investment in technology. Every single time we've done an investment in technology and creating our own CRM, or in looking out there for the CRMs that are already there, you know, that has, you know, the who in, in technology has engineered the next level of growth for me. So I would, I would, I would look to that, you know, I, I would say, go find a person that First find out how do you want to live your life. And if you want to live your life as an entrepreneur and as an investor, you know, go find the person that is doing what you want to do extremely, extremely well and not just talks about it, but is eating their own cooking. Cause that's a very big distinction out there. There are so many people out there, you know, in real estate that perhaps they want to serve and they want but but they're not doing it in the volume that they, that would give them. I always feel, you know, in alignment and be in alignment with saying, okay, this is what's working right now. This is not just something that worked ten years ago. You know what I mean? Right. And you see a lot of that people
1: people saying and and training on things that they did, but ten years ago the markets were very different. The rules, yeah. regulations. I mean, there was many change. Even even day by day right now, as we're going through, you know, this whole economic change.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, it changes very fast. So, awesome, Michelle. Where can listeners reach out and find out more if they wanted to?
0: Uh, so if, they, if you want to learn a little bit more about land, you can go and take a free masterclass. It's called, you can go to land profit Fun because you're going to be making profits. I can guarantee you it's going to be fun because it's fun making money and it's fun creating mastery, you know, out of something that you enjoy, uh, especially if it can put real money in your bank account and it can finally, you know, those paydays really finally Equate the level of effort and energy that you're putting into, and we also have a very active Facebook group community that is free. Uh, so those resources both are free, and it's called Land Profit Generator Real Estate Investing Land Profit. But if you just put in on Facebook Land Profit Generator, you'll see the group. It's a it's about 8,500 land flippers, incredibly giving community. You know, Jack and I are constantly there helping everyone, our coaches, and anyone that is two steps ahead because we've created this incredibly giving, uh, you know, generosity with your time and with your knowledge, anyone that is two steps ahead, I see them, you know, answering questions from somebody that is two steps behind, you know what I mean? And it's, it's just beautiful to see. If you have a question, you know, immediately you have 20 responses from people that vary from very, very advanced seasoned investors to intermediate to maybe three steps ahead of you, but, but they're ahead of you nevertheless. you know what I mean so very cool uh, so awesome. yeah, so those, those would be two places.
1: Okay well thanks so much Michelle. it was great to have you on the show and uh, thanks for sharing your insights and all you know about or what you know for the time that we had anyways about raw land. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you and thank you so much you know to all the Canadians listening. Maybe I can spark an interest and you are interested in flipping some dirt with us.
1: <laughs> thanks so much.
0: Thank you. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to
1: ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that.